Good morning. Welcome to the Barn Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being with me. I absolutely appreciate it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org. And I apologize for last Sunday because they didn't pull the emails off the site there, but we will get to them today. Uh, church at bondinfo.org or 800-411-BOND. Good morning, everybody here. Good morning. How's everybody? Good. Good. James, after hearing that conversation with those ladies, you're not going to get married? <laughs> um, last week we talked about what do you, how do you see God? Remember that? Wasn't that interesting? Did you guys at least think about that this week? Or you waited to come back to hear part two from me? Anybody here? Oh, thank God. Uh, let me just say, I want, just want to remind you guys that the same God that shows me and teaches me and guide my life, he can do it for you too. And I don't want you to have this mindset that we're just going to come here, Jesse going to teach us, we're going to leave, we're going to wait another week to hear back from him. I want you to have the life that Christ intended for you to have. And so that's why we come together and fellowship together to edify one another. The preacher is no better than the congregation, all right? And so the same God that dwells in Christ, dwells in me, dwells in you. But you got to start thinking. You got to not just rely on someone to teach you. That makes sense? Yep. And I, and I want to tell you again, I'm going to challenge what you think. So we had a real good meeting last week where I challenged people, and it took them a whole week to get over it. <laughs> so I'm going to challenge what you think. All right, and I know a lot of preachers don't do it because if you get mad, you may not come back and bring the money. If you decide to get mad and don't come back, mail the money in. <laughs> or you can, you can do it on the Internet now and do it that way. So don't hold back on the money. Um, yes, ma'am. Did you have a question about last week? Uh, yes, you, you asked me the question, and um, I, my answer was that I don't, I don't see it. Right. And you don't it, see God, so you don't know how you see him because right. you don't see him. Oh, and I, I thought about the question, you know, right. throughout the week. Right. And I, I believe that I do see him in other people. Like, there's certain people that I know, and I, I go, you know, that's, that's God in him like that. Right. Other than that, that's, that's the only thing I see. What's your impression of God then? My impression of him? Yeah, how do you, so, are you a Christian? Yeah. You are a Christian. I so, want to be. I'm sorry? Yes, I want to be. Yes, I want to be. <laughs> are you a Christian? Yes, I want to be. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so scared to answer that question. <laughs> a lot of people say they're Christians. Yeah. And then uh, you see them out somewhere and they're doing something else. You go, uh uh, she ain't no Christian. <laughs> 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 I'm a Christian. So. So, so when I ask you if you're a Christian, you say, yes, I want to be. Yeah. It sounds like you're saying yes and no. Well, I'm going to say no because I think you have to be born again to be a Christian. And I know I'm not there. Oh, okay. That's why. Well, then good. So no. No. Well, you're right. You do have to be born again. And one thing when you're about it, when you're born again, you're locked in. Sure. You're absolutely locked in. And you will know it. 
Uh, so that's why you don't have an impression who God is then because, okay, that's an honest answer. Is it, don't you feel better or you feel scared now that you say no? No, I feel better. I feel freer. Uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? Because if the way to find God or the way to become a Christian is you got to first admit that you're not. And the hardest thing in the world for people to do is to admit that they're not. And that's where the problem is. It's like when Adam couldn't admit that he was wrong, he created a problem. Had he said, you know what, yeah, I'm wrong, God, I'm sorry. He blamed it on someone else or he couldn't admit he was wrong. So that is the beginning, to admit you're not one. Even when prior to God waking up, waking me up and really changing my life, when I had confessed him as a young person, I wasn't living right. You know, I had problems. I had anger. I had all this stuff. I still knew that something was wrong. I'm like, I'm not like a Christian what the Bible says you should be like. So maybe something wrong with me, you know. And so I knew that even though I was claiming it at the time, I still knew something was wrong. But you got to admit that in order for God to come in and really save you. That's a good. Um, did, you, did you have a question other than that? No. Okay. Did I see another hand? Yes, sir. About what you say about how do I see God, I always, uh, I may have said this before, but I always see him as a presence that makes me aware of what I'm feeling or doing at the, uh, at the, or thinking at the moment. For, oh, okay. for example, every, uh, whenever I begin to come aware, after uh, every prayer, uh, sign of prayer, I begin become less and less, to, uh, have less and less of desire for, uh, for sex. Not that I ever For what? For sex. Sex? <laughs> I have less of desire, or for if I ever had one, that is. Are you married? No. Well, thank God for that less and less desire. Mm -hmm. But that's good, man. Mm -hmm. How old are you? 51. Oh, 51, okay. Yeah, I like what you said, though, about the way you see him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yes. But uh, it's it's that this, this presence is show, uh, showing me there are certain things in life that I can do without or do less. Of. Yeah, yeah. The one thing I like about this, the way you see God, if you can, when you see Him in the right way, you're gonna see yourself as you are too. Yeah, you really will. And the reason that you're not living this spiritual life because you don't see Him as He really is which means that you're not seeing yourself as you really are, and it's causing problems for you. Do you guys want me to tell you, or you want to, want because I can move on to another subject. Do you want to suffer until you find him, or you want me to make it easy for you? <laughs> yes? What, what do you mean by when you see him better, you'll see yourself better? When you see him, then you're going to see you, then you can live your life. How does causing seeing him to see yourself? Because the two of you are now one. Once you're born again, you become one with him. And so the two of you will be one. And as you see him, you can't see yourself. It is something else. Isn't that amazing? You got to look like, wow. <laughs> what are you talking about? We all have a teacher within. We have the Holy Spirit. And he's there to teach us, guide us, instruct us, perfect our lives and everything. He's there. And a lot of people are not operating by way of him. 
they still going outside trying to learn about life and trying to overcome. I saw a documentary the other day. Oh, no, it was on Larry King, I think. They had these entertainers on there. I mean, just drug addicts and alcoholics and I just, oh, kind of mess up life. But you see them on movies and TV, you think they're wonderful people. They have no clue. I mean, Tom just Arnold. no clue. Tom Arnold. Uh-huh, Tom Arnold. Did you see that? I heard him radio or something. It was like absolutely pathetic. And this is why God don't want you to be jealous of the world because they are truly of their father the devil. And if you try if you're envy of them and, and want what they have, you're going to end up with the same God that they have suffering through life. And all they do is go on TV and talk about it and then they join uh, these programs and it's just an, another part of their ego. They're not really overcoming. It just feels good now to get on TV and say, oh, my dad raped me, I'm a drug addict, and, and I go to this therapist, I go to this program. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> some people yeah, like, they, uh-huh. If they looked outside themselves <coughs> and helped someone else, then that made them better. That made them right. whatever they had, and it really doesn't. That's, what, that's another thing they say, well, well, what are you doing to help yourself to feel better now? Well, I go out and help others, and there's no greater feeling than helping others. I'm thinking, that's not going to get you saved. It's not going to end your problems because it's not about who, how much you help folks, how much you give or have or don't have. It's about being born again. It's really about being born again. You can say all these wonderful things. You can give all your money away. You can prophesy. You can lay on hand, whatever you do. But if you're not born again, you're nothing. You have nothing. I'm telling you. Yes, sir. Um, the statement you made that helping others makes you feel good That's all it does. is one of the most interesting things I found about myself in the last, just recently, yeah. uh, last months. You actually are, are trying to give yourself an anesthetic. You're, you're putting yourself to sleep yeah. because you can help some. <laughs> you're actually judging the other person you're helping. You're, you're doing right. a lot of things. That's right. You're, you're doing a lot of different things. Yes, sir. It's a different thing each time you help somebody. Yeah. And, and that's one thing that's keeping black people down. You know, these folks help them all the time, and they think the people love them, but the people are really putting themselves above black people. And then they're feeling good about helping these Negroes, and the Negroes ain't getting nowhere, and they are not either. It's a false help. It's a false kind of help. And it is judgment. One of the, it goes back to what I was saying before, that, that pain... If, if you see somebody that needs help, sometimes they need to go through some pain yes. to change themselves. Yeah. And to, to be able to sit back and let them go through the right kind of pain is painful itself. Even your children. Yeah. You have to let your children suffer sometimes too. Otherwise, you'll spoil their rotten and they'll depend on you or the government or somebody else the rest of their lives. They won't develop their character. Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that. Yes, sir. You mentioned um, <clears throat> trying to um, what, find out about life or learn about life as a and that's not the answer either. And I find myself, I'm totally caught up in that. I uh, feel like I need to go out and learn more stuff and be out there. But I do think you have to be out there to know yourself, right? I mean, if you want to learn about how to be a good computer operator, you know, how to build a house, and, and there are people who know how to build a house better, you can get advice from them. But when you want to know about life, you got to go within you got to live from the inside out. And then while you're dealing with challenges in life, God is guiding you through that, and you're learning from it. 
it's not overtaking you anymore. You're learning from it. But you got to start living from within. The kingdom of heaven is inside of us, and you cannot look on the outside for that. You're not going to find it. It's not in a book. It's in your heart. It's in you. And I don't mean the blood-pumping heart. I mean the heart and in, in, in soul of your belly. Because they can take their blood-pumping heart out and give it to somebody else. <laughs> Have you noticed that? <laughs> but it's in here. The Holy Spirit is in the soul of the belly. And that's where you're learning from. But nothing wrong with fellowshipping and then learning things, mechanical things from other people. But spiritual things, you got a right person will always point you back to God within. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. Yes, sir. The danger is when you learn the mechanical things as some kind of uh, compensation for spiritual things. Yes. That the mechanical things are going to somehow get you what you want spiritually. They're not going to happen. All right, so what we're going to do, because the time is going by really fast, um, do anybody have any more questions? Because I really want to, you know, I was looking at this movie again about Jesus. And I don't know if some of that stuff is true or some of it's not. But he, he really went out there and he dealt with your issue. He dealt with people's issues. He didn't go there to try to uh, just educate you. He wanted you to know his father, right? So he was going around awakening people. The father and him were working through him to awaken people. It wasn't a class to learn about God. It was to discover him within yourself. Revelation. And that's where, yeah, that's right. He wanted to reveal it to you. So that's why I want you to come. I want you to have a life. I want you to come back ready to fellowship, talking about what you have discovered too, and not just learn from me. Because what you're doing is forcing me to get better, which is a good thing. But I want you to get better, too. We're supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ. All right? So, and don't worry about what other people are going to think about you in these meetings. You know, if you say something, the devil tell you, oh, you say that, you're going to look dumb. Don't bother. Don't worry about that. All right? Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> I've been thinking lately. I never thought like that before. But where I, where I am... Where did I come from? Uh-huh. And almost like I'm, I'm questioning <coughs> that spiritual part, because I never did. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I'm just like right there asking that question. And, and, and also another question was, because uh, I heard the, the Radio Friday about uh, <coughs> Being reborn again? Yes. With the Baba Gotu guy, huh? Right. The Baba Gotu guy is something else, huh? He's great. You either love him or you hate him. Yeah, he's And most people hate him. <laughs> a lot of them hate him. Oh, uh, they hate him. Yeah. They hate the Baba. The phones light up. Just, the moment they find out the Baba Gotu guy is there, right. all the lines just light up. I mean, you just, you don't even have, he, a lot of times he doesn't even get into his subject matter. Right. Because they hate him. Right. And I think a lot of us, because he, he, he's reborn again, uh -huh. and a lot of us are a, a real, like they were saying in the, in the show, a lot of real excitement, like they have it in church, yeah. you know, that they're born again and they change instantly, <laughs> and, and they're still the same people, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and I was just wondering, maybe a lot of us think that we have to go through that, 
to be born again, and, and, and like Roy explains sometimes, uh, being out of breath and then, you know, not calling nobody, not grabbing <laughs> for no food, not nothing, and, and then it'll pass. But it could be quiet, too, yeah. can it? That's why you have to seek God for yourself. Right. You seek him. Seek first the kingdom of God his right way. And, and not base it on anything that you have heard about him. Because the mind will set you up to try to go at it that way. Yeah. And then you make it difficult for God to really come in and, and, and save you, change your life. Right. Because the mindset is there. Yeah. The mind is a terrible thing to save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helped me a lot right there. Yeah. To see that we can't go by what people say. They right. That's why you should let it go in one ear and out the other. Right. Don't hold on to it. Right. Right. I need to ask this question because time is going by. Um, I asked a man and a woman. I'll ask Rusty first, my friend Rusty. <coughs> what do you think about a man who changes his sexual body part to a woman? It's a ultimate confusion. It's a, you know, the Bible tells us that there's an enemy. A little louder for me. Uh, the Bible tells us there's an enemy uh, who is, uh, he delights in chaos and confusion. He comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Yeah. And, uh, and when we're living our lives apart from Christ, apart from God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, apart from truth, we are vulnerable uh, to those lies and to those deceptions. And uh, I think ultimately, if we don't have the love of God and we can't say no to ourselves, then we're being consumed by lust. And the dirty secret of lust is it's never satisfied. Yeah. And once you start going down that road, uh, it's going to turn you into a beast. It really does. And, you know, the scripture says because the, the eyes of men are never satisfied, hell is never full. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the dirty <laughs> that's little secret of, of, of lust. Yeah. And so once you start down that road, it'll be, you, you'll be surprised where you end up. Yeah. You know? What do you think about this, Sonia? For some reason, I knew he was going to ask me. <laughs> You can't sit um, too far away after you see you. Really, I guess... When you hear that a man or a woman, like chastity, yesterday, mm -hmm. Sonny yeah, daughter, she changed from a man, from she a changed woman. her body part from a woman to a man. And then there are stories now about men changing their body parts from a uh, man to a woman. What do you think about that when you hear that? I guess they feel like a woman inside. They feel like one? Yeah. Uh, so I don't really know how to answer it. I can't hear you. So I don't really know how to answer it. All I know is they feel like a woman inside. I've seen guys, they all, you know, you can see them, they act like women. Okay. And you, vice, oh, vice versa. <laughs> what do you think when you hear that? I mean, it's kind of disturbing. It's disturbing person you hear it. Uh, just you know, like confused and. You're confused? We uh, so they, they're confused. Oh, about what? Their sexuality, who they are. They're... But they say, I feel like a woman, or I feel like a man. Well, I mean, and I mean, they say that they've been feeling that way since birth. You know what I'm saying? They, they probably, you know, that's probably true, but society's validating these people now, telling them that that's okay, there's nothing wrong with it. So 
they're probably thinking, why not go all the way and be a woman if it's if that's the way God they they've been told that God created them that way. That's the way they created them. They're just taking that extra step now. There's no there's no uh, stopping them. Michelle, when you hear that, what are you your first, what are your thoughts about it? Because I don't know, one time I was watching Tara, and they had like five years old, I think it was like between five and 12 or so. And these little kids were saying, like the boy was saying, oh, I'm really inside I'm a girl. And the boys were like, oh, inside I'm a girl. And I just don't know. But the parents, they, um, it seemed like they accept this for the kids. But I don't really know what to, what to think of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't believe that. Maybe it's possible, but I just don't believe that. I would believe that God created boy and girl. Yeah, it's amazing to see parents now, when their little boys and girls say they feel like the opposite sat, the parents are saying okay to it, and they start dressing them in girl clothes or, or boy clothes. Mm -hmm. They're just going along with it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, it's about how, how blind the world is today. Because in the older day, good old day, when boys were boys and men were men, they knew how to handle those situations. They knew, they understood what was going on, and they knew not to go along with it. Even if they didn't know how to tell them how to overcome it, they knew that there was something wrong with it. But today, wrong seemed to be right, and right seemed to be wrong to the world. Yeah. But then the Christians don't know what to tell them as far as how to overcome it either. Have you noticed that? Yeah. What would you say to them if you ran into if somebody and their little boy was a little drag queen, Ermis, what would you say to them? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, if I saw them validating that behavior, I mean, first of all, I'd have to make sure that it was, you know, I'm not just going to jump in and say, hey, you know, stop. No, let's say you're good buddies. Right. Oh, and, no, no, you know, no. you know them very well. And, yeah. and one day you guys went to lunch and he brought his boy and you took your boy. But his boy had on a dress. Uh, I let him know that he was <laughs> totally messing up his kid, and uh, that's not the way to go about it. And, you know, I would say, oh, I forgot to bring the dolls for your boy. Huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a very, very, I'm asking this because last night I saw a very, very interesting documentary about this. It was a man who um, looked like he was in his late 40s, middle 40s. And he felt like a, a, a girl on his side, a woman, a girl. Even when he was a little boy. Uh, well, this was CNN uh, present. And sometimes they show interesting stories like this. And they did, a, they followed this guy around. And when he was a little boy, he felt like a girl. Um, and, but he still didn't want to play with girl toys, you know, like dogs and things. He liked digging in the yard and, and really doing manly things. So he didn't really play with girly things. He just felt like a girl on the inside. And uh, he grew up and he went to college. Um, and he felt that way even more so. So he started reading more about um, alternative sexuality things. What do they call that? Transgender. Yeah, transgender life. And he read about it and read about it. He read that there were other people that were doing it. And then uh, um, he went to college, graduated from college, he moved to Florida, and he got a job at the city commissioner. 
uh, of Florida, a city in Florida. And uh, he was a manly man while doing this, but yet he had this feeling on the inside that he felt like a woman. He didn't feel like a man. He finally got married, and uh, he got married. He and his wife moved into this beautiful home. They had it made, had all the money they needed, you know. They finally had a baby, a little boy. And uh, the guy still, oh, once he got married, according to this guy, once he got married, for seven years, he no longer felt that way. You know, it just left him. And the feeling for seven years, he was married now, and he said for the first time, he felt like somebody loved him. So he married this woman who loved him, and uh, they had a baby for seven years. They did well in his career. And then all of a sudden, this, this woman rose up again after seven years, and he thought, wow, she is back. And, uh, um, and so he thought, wow, I, I'm, I really am a woman. You know, now I got to tell you, he was popular in the city, everybody knew him, and all that kind of stuff. So he felt that this woman is back, and now he needs to change his body part and really live out his life, become a woman, because he felt like a fake, being a woman and yet married to a woman and trying to act like a man. He, um, he, um, he went home and told his wife. It was a shock to his wife. It really just blew her out of the water. And um, he finally admitted to his wife that he had been dressing in women's clothing, secretly dressing in women's clothing. And so he asked his wife, he told his wife about it, and so, but he said, I really want to stay with you and work this out. She said, okay. But he said, could I continue to dress as a woman? And the wife agreed to it. They were going to keep it secret, and he, they agreed to it. But what happened, the interesting thing that happened, according to this guy, and they're showing this on the film, too. When he, started, when he got permission from his wife to dress as a woman, he started doing it all the time. He started going to the malls, you know, just started putting on makeup. He would have his own closet with his women clothes and makeup. and just. He said that it, he lost control once his wife agreed with him that he could do it. You know, he was secretly doing it. His job didn't know it yet. Long story short, um, um, he finally got into it once his wife approved of it. His wife regretted approving of it because she realized when she said yes to it, he got worse instead of getting better. And then they had this boy that turned 15 years old. And I'm going somewhere with this story real fast because I want to make a spiritual point with this. Um, they had a boy who had turned 15, a boy real close to his father. And then so the father told the boy that he was a woman on the inside and he's not going to change his body part from man to woman. And the boy was shocked at first, but the boy loved his dad so much that he finally went on and accepted, accepted this, right? And I'm thinking, wow, what a sad thing that a son have to accept about his father. And then how selfish this father is that he's imposing this on his son like that. You know, he should just go and die as a man, even though he felt like a woman, rather than destroying his son. But he told his son. Then the word got out at work that this man was about to have a uh, sex change. And the news media broke it, and it got out. And so the guy finally admitted it. Uh, of course, he ended up losing his job because he went on and had the surgery. They showed the whole thing uh, about it. Now, here's what that, the thing that was interesting about it is that the, they talked about his parents, and they showed his parents, too. His father was uh, at work all the time. He said he did not have a close relationship with his father, but he had a close relationship with his mother, who stayed home. 
And so he was closer to his mother than his father. That's the first clue right there. That's the first clue right there. When you're not close to your father, when you don't love your father and he doesn't treat you in that way, you open up for this other spirit, this other identity to come in and overtake you. Did you know that? Yeah. And that other identity is the identity of mama, her spirit, her nature, which is her. Uh, I had an old man, a good guy, but an old guy called me 80-something years old. I talked to him yesterday, and he told me that the country was built on truth, and now it's being torn down on lies. Yeah. And he said that, and I don't know why he said this to me. Oh, I think he heard me say it before he said He said that one thing he realized about men, that when they marry women, that they don't know that their father-in-law is the devil. Hmm. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That uh, 80-some-year-old guy told me this. He doesn't have a TV in his home. He, he's like... I mean, he's from the old, talk about from the old school. He held on to wisdom all his life. He said that when men don't realize that their father-in-law is the devil when they marry women. Isn't that like something when you hear that? I, I want to move on with this story, but let me ask the ladies. I didn't understand that. You didn't understand that? <laughs> and, and, and I'll explain to you in a minute. When you hear that, what do you think about that? I'm surprised. I mean, not surprised, but it's somewhat true. Somewhat true. See that? And why do you say it's somewhat true? Um, because we, we, we tend to see things that way. We just, you know, we don't say it out loud, but we tend to think that way yeah. to a certain degree. The lady behind you, when you hear that, what do you think about that? No hide. What do you think about that? Take your time. We only have 45 more minutes. Do you want to respond to it or no? Um, I lost onto it. I'm sorry? I didn't really. I lost onto it. You don't know? No oh, okay. Rodney, what do you think about that when you hear that? Yes. <laughs> I, I can't there's hear a Helen, There's a Helen women that people, they don't, men don't even, yeah, even women don't understand it. Is it hard to see it right now? No, not at 53. It's not <laughs> 25, yes, probably. I didn't know either. You're 53 years old? Next week, yeah. You're going to be 53 next week? <laughs> there is nothing about you that says you're 53. Wow. Aren't you glad we were born black? <laughs> black people don't age, huh? You know what I mean? You can be 90 and look like you're 50. Wow. But you say that that's true? Oh, yeah, I see it in society that, you know... If they would let that come up, we could just be so much better, but yes. they don't want that to come up. That That's we right. Have such a hell in us. And they don't want the truth. We don't even understand it ourselves at that age. Yeah. And you're right. The world, are not, the world won't talk about that now. A lot of preachers don't say that. How many preachers say in the church that when you marry a woman, your dad-in-law is the devil? <laughs> 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 but that is so true. 
It is so true. And when I was talking to this guy, he just reminded me, this is how generations ago, they understood the spiritual battle that we were, we were fighting against. Now, they may not have been perfect in dealing with it, but they understood it, and they <coughs> talked about it. You don't talk about that anymore. And the devil is destroying because you won't talk about it. Because before we were able to just go along with our sensibilities, what made common sense to us. Now yes. they told us that that's not common sense. Yes, so ma'am. So now we doubt ourselves. Absolutely. Michelle, you understand that? No. You don't understand that? Uh, well, we're your husband. I bet he understands it. John is like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'll explain that in a minute. Let me move forward with this, sir. So the first clue is that the guy was not close to his father, but close to his mother. His father did not have a relationship. The second clue is that um, the guy said that he felt like a woman. Even though, and they even asked him, well, you, now are you attracted to men? Are you gay? He's like, no, I'm not gay. I'm not a homosexual. I'm not attracted to men. But I just feel like a woman. And so I'm a woman. And so one day he asked his mother, as a kid, he asked his mother, Mom, what would you say? I'm, oh, no, Mom, if I had been born a girl, what would you have named me? What name would you have given me? And he said, straight away, his mother said, Susan. And he said, that's what the girl named that lived in me. That's Susan living in me. And so he grew up with that idea because his mother validated that. And she probably didn't realize what she was doing, but she validated this identity that made a home inside of him as Susan. And so he grew up and became a man and had his body part changed and named himself Susan. He, and now he said, Susan is alive. She's finally out of me. But what was interesting about this that I had never thought of before is that this guy felt like a woman, but that doesn't mean that he was a woman, right? But he really felt, he knew what a woman felt like. He felt like a female. And, and the thing about it, he thought that he was a woman. And I'm thinking, I wonder how he think that he is a woman when a woman can't make a baby. The guy made a baby. And so he can change that body part, but everything else manly is there. Because women don't make babies, right? Men make babies. Is that true? Yeah. That is true. It comes from the father, right? So if he had been a real woman... Looked like he would have thought, if I'm a real woman, how was I even to make a baby? Is that, is that food for thought or no? Yeah. John, why are you frowning? No, I'm not frowning. But that makes sense, though? Yeah, it makes sense. Because his nature is of a man. A woman can't make a baby. And so even that should let him know that something else must be wrong here. Now, because if he were born a female, he would not be able to make a baby. But he was born a male, even though he felt like a woman. Ain't that something? Yeah. But it was, a, you know, Paul said that I realized that it's not me, but a spirit or something else that's made a home in me, and it makes me do the things I don't want to do. That's what happened to the guy. Another spirit, another identity made a home in him. It was a female identity, made a home in him, and made him feel that it talked to him. It made him feel that he was a woman. But it was another spirit inside of him. It wasn't who he was. He was a man. Even after he had the body part, parts changed, he still wasn't attracted to women. To men. I mean, to men. He's still not attracted to men. 
As a matter of fact, he wanted to stay with his wife, but she wouldn't have anything to do with it. Isn't that amazing? It's a spirit that's made a home inside of him. Oh, you can call in at 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663, or email us, church at bondinfo.org. Now, here is the clue. You should never, ever, ever, but never, 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 ever, ever entertain those thoughts. Because when you entertain those thoughts, whatever they are, whether they're telling you to rob a bank, whether they're telling you that you're insecure, whether they're telling you to hate your fellow man, whether they're telling you that you're a boy that needs to turn to a girl, whether they're telling you that you're unattractive, whatever they tell you that causes you to react, the moment you entertain those thoughts, they will make you do what you don't want to do. And that's why God said his thoughts are not your thoughts. They are as far away, far apart as the earth is from the, from the heavens. But the moment you entertain a thought, because you don't realize that it's a spirit that's made a home in you, and it is influencing you. It's making you do. There was a seven-year period once this guy got married that he did not entertain the thought about being a woman. And that's why he didn't feel it anymore. That's why it didn't control him. But the moment he thought about it again, because he said it came again out of nowhere, he thought about it, and that's what took him over again and just drove him over the hill, over the mountain. You can't entertain those thoughts. They're of the devil. They're not of God. And if you think about it, just think in your life you have thought about someone that did something wrong to you, and instantly you get mad at that person. It could have happened 50 years ago. But the moment you entertain the thought, or you can think that your husband or your wife is out cheating on you, they could be out shopping. But you can entertain that thought and get angry about it. And when that person show up at home, you're treating them as though you know for a fact they cheated on you. And it feels real. It seems real. Have you noticed that? I'm telling you, God said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places. This is why we must be born again so we can awaken to the spiritual world that is going on inside of us and outside of us. So you can see what's going on. And when you can see it, then you won't entertain those thoughts because you know his voice and you know the devil's voice. But that's what the guy did. He hated his father, subject to his mother, connected with his mother, I'm sure he resented her pressure that she put on him because it's not in the nature of a woman to raise children. They need the father to guide them. He resented that, separated from his father, hated his mother. That spirit made a home in him. And when you're born again, God God caused you to overcome that spirit of the mother. That spirit that has made a home in her is the spirit of the devil. Remember the old guy said that when a woman married, when a man married a woman, he his father-in-law is the devil. Since Eve, Adam and Eve syndrome happened, and Eve took on the nature of the devil, it still dwells. That's what's being passed on through her to her children. And then when you become of age, you overcome it by realizing something is wrong. You repent, and God will cause you to be born again. He will cause you to overcome that spirit and take on his nature, his spirit. Then you can live your life. That's what it's all about. If you read Genesis, if you want to understand this, read Genesis. It's all in there. It's laid out right in there. 
but the guy entertained the thoughts. I'm going to read something to you here in a minute, but you are not to entertain those thoughts. Don't keep company with them. They're not your thoughts. They're not the thoughts of God. That's why they make you do what you don't want to do. They make you feel bad about yourself. They make you hate others. That makes sense? Yeah. All right. I see a whole bunch of hands. I'm going to rush around the room. room and then I want to... Ed says, Ed is looking nice today. <laughs> I'm going to have him come and read some. Huh? Yeah, I am. I'm going to have yeah, read today. I did that on purpose. Just in case. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, thank you. Um, I just want to mention that uh, whenever we want, we change something we did not want to change, like you said, entertain those thoughts, uh, it kind of reminds me, like, um, I don't know if anyone had seen Lord of the Rings uh, lately and stuff. It's really profound. Whenever use the ring like a metaphor to seduce yourself into evil and uh, if you're not strong enough if you're not conscious enough if you just like focus on the ring itself instead of what the evil is behind it then you're going to become evil and, yes. I mean that's what the, the oh I just need to move there. sorry yeah okay yeah all right Thank you. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, there's, there are also a lot of things that I encounter, too, in my life and stuff, and I, and I see it uh, really clearly what's behind those uh, temptations. The one thing that is so nice about this, I mean, God is good. Christ has turned everything around. The one thing so sweet <clears throat> about this is that if I can get, if I can convince you to really know yourself, be quiet and just know yourself, you know, just keep eyes on yourself. This can happen to you. Christ, salvation is at hand. It's right there. It is, it is the easiest thing to uh, receive than anything else that you will have to do in life. It's right at hand, but you've been brainwashed to think that it's somewhere else, that you got to do all these different things to get it. And that's what the problem is. It's right at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's, it's here and now. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yes, ma'am. It just kind of makes me see how. Did that story help a little bit? Mm-hmm. It did help? Okay. I mean, it makes me see how as we call ourselves Christians or whatever we're aspiring to, but we're no different than all these other people because we don't have a clue what to tell them how to, how to fix yes, them, ma'am. what's going on. So we're in the same boat as them, so that's why we really need to change our nature so that... God said that his children are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. There is no way on earth that you could be born again of God and not know what to say to the lost. Really, you're absolutely right. This guy, what was so interesting about this guy, the, uh, the, the human rights organization, which is a gay organization and different... Homosexual organization and drag queen organization tried to recruit him, and he spoke at several of their events. He said that what he realized is that he's not about that. It's not about trying to make. It's not about trying to make the Christians in the world accept something. This guy could have been helped had somebody been around, because he's really not. He just had a spirit that was guiding him, 
that was of the devil, uh, of his mama, of the devil that was driving him, and he didn't understand it. Really, there, you, you will have great compassion for this particular guy because he, did not, he, he just didn't know what was driving him. Really, he did not know. And this guy was going to church and everything. But nobody was able to tell him how to overcome that spirit that it really wasn't him. And it, it's, it's a sad loss because even the church could not tell him. All right, I got to... Did you finish your point? I'm sorry. Well, you I was going to ask you, did, did he, so do you think he just didn't cry out to God for the answer? Is that, is that why he couldn't find it within himself? That's a good question. He'd been taught the wrong way how to cry out to God. See, you know how Christ uh, went to the cross and took the pain and all that? We got we to gotta, we gotta bear the pain at the cross, too. And the way you bear your, the pain of the cross is that you got to be quiet and take it from within so you can, your soul, you can cry out to God. And he didn't know to be still and know God. You know, he didn't know how to do that. So he was never still enough so God could come in. He kept feeding his mind with everything else, taking him far away from the truth instead of bringing him to it. Very good question. You got to learn to take the pain. Somebody said earlier, no pain, no gain. Christ had to suffer, you got to do it too. When Christ suffered, he didn't cry out to a therapist, did he? He didn't join some help group. He didn't, he was quiet and knew his father. And his father saved him. And God will save you from this stuff, but you got to go to the cross and take it. Meaning that you got to suffer within, stop whimping and whining. Some people with a little pain, some conflict, or whatever it is, you go kicking and screaming right away, looking for a drug, looking for some alcohol, looking for somebody that makes you feel good or something. You got a bad cross. That makes sense? Yeah. Ooh-wee. <laughs> and there's some, um, did I see it? That's it over there? No hand? Yes, ma'am. Or you could even, uh, when you do something wrong, you could uh, not to feel the pain, go over there and say you're sorry. You know, you're sorry. If you offend someone, you don't want to feel the pain. If you offend someone, you need to apologize straight away. Right. But I'm talking about the pain of pride, the pain of ego, the pain that is of your father, the devil. That pride is the devil's nature. Right. And it causes you to judge yourself and judge others. You play God. And as long as you're playing God, you're not going to know the true God because there's only one God. Amen. But if you just apologize not to feel this pain, some people do that. I know I did. It. Yeah, don't run from it. You got to run toward you gotta it. You got to feel the pain. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Fathers were created and they represent God on earth so that they can protect their wives and children from this evil warfare that's going on. That is the role of the father, but the men have been wiped out already and they don't know what their role is. But as a little girl, if you had had a father, you would have not gone with the thought to hate your mother. You would have gone with the thought to love her because he would have guided you how to deal with it. This is why we got to get fathers back on track because they represent Christ on earth. And they, they are more than just a paycheck. They represent him in the home. They're supposed to protect their wives and their children spiritually too. And it's not there. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, we're going to do the interview tomorrow about the book. And that's one of the issues that I address. Why is there so much confusion, especially sexual confusion, yeah. amongst the young today? 
And one of the things that I bring out is I try to trace the biblical roots to that. Yes. And, and what you find, and, and Jesse pinpointed, it is in the book of Genesis yes. where all these things were set in motion. And the inherent weakness of men is that we are passive and we are irresponsible. When the going gets tough, we take off. Okay, that's something that we inherited from the first Adam. Now, thank God the second Adam came along to restore our masculine identity. But the, the, the gender sin in women is to manipulate, to control, and to dominate the male. So when you have a passive, irresponsible male with a dominating, manipulating, controlling female, you get this curse that is savaging our children today. And that's why there's so much confusion. Yeah. You know, and then with the second Adam, Jesus Christ, he can restore, you know, what the enemy has stolen and get us back in order so that blessing that you're talking about, brother, could come upon our children again. And the one, just to add to that, the one good thing about it, it is right at hand. It really is. But you got to quiet down. You got to, when you read the Bible, don't go in there and try to fill your head with knowledge. You got to seek the kingdom of heaven within, and you will find it, and you can be saved from it. I'm tell, I'm a living witness. You can be saved from it, and it's real. It's a spiritual battle that's going yes, on, and we're not going to win it in a physical way. It's spiritual, and then you know now we have to fight physical battles, but we need to fight them with the light within us, and not with darkness. And we can win the same. But you got to get it right. And fathers need to know, men need to know, when you leave your wife and your children open, the spirit is going to come in and destroy them. And 99.999, not all. You hear me say not all, right? Am I saying not all, Hermes? Yeah. But 99.999.9. 99.9% of the time, but not all. Now, I am saying not all, right? Yeah. But 99.9% of the time, yeah. it's coming through the mother. And she, most of the time, she doesn't understand what she's doing. But that spirit is coming through, and that's the battle that we're fighting right now. But the men don't understand it, and the women don't understand it. Because if women understood it, they wouldn't do it. They'll repent and overcome it. So we got to get some understanding in there. That makes sense? Yes, ma'am. You were talking about the voice of God versus the voice of the devil? Yes. And if you don't know the voice of God, it seems that you're compelled to listen to the voice of the devil. No other choice. Right? That's why you must be born again. His children recognize his voice. That's right. Because I see but, yes. people that are, I mean, just trapped in all sorts of insanity, and that's all they know. They don't want it, but it's just there, and they don't know any better. That's right. Even Christians are li- listening to the voice of the devil, thinking that it's the voice of God. Let me just say to you, God can do what he wants. You do understand that, right? Everybody understand that? God can do whatever he wants, but he has already set things in, in motion, and for now, he's not going to come back and change anything. He's laid it out. God's voice is a voiceless voice. It's not this voice that's telling you that you're gay, that you're this, you're that. 
that you, you know, you, you're weak, you can't make it. That voice that talks to you about things that you hear that sound like your voice or whomever it is that you hate voice, that is not the voice of God. This voice is a voiceless knowing. It's a knowing. And you can't make that happen. Because I know a lot of people hear, this, hear what I say intellectually and now they'll go out and say, oh, it's just a knowing. And life is still messed up. All right? You can't make it happen. So resist that temptation too. But his voice is not just voice that you talk to you and make you judge yourself and others and make you make bad decisions and mess up your kids' life, destroy your marriages and go along with wrong when it's wrong, you know, all that kind of stuff. His voice is a voiceless voice. People have a knowing about knowing to judge the person with the problem. That's the knowing that they're used to. Yes. But they're not... They don't have the knowing to talk about what Rhonda talked about with how to help this person out of their situation. Yes, yes, sir. There are two ways to see wrongdoing. With your physical eyes, based on what you've been taught, and with your inner eyes, what is being revealed to you. Really. And that's what men and women of God want. They want delight. They want to see wrong in a spiritual manner so they can see how to deal with it in that manner as well. Yeah. And, and, but too many people are seeing what's wrong based on what they've been taught, and they're trying to solve spiritual problems that way, and it's not going to work. Yes, sir? Uh, talk about entertaining the thoughts, something that, that, that I realized in my, uh, in my life, that the... the uh, the thoughts of it, you know, the, the deceptive thoughts, they can seem really appealing, really like fulfilling, but they never, they never really bring you to happiness like they seem like they're going to. It's very temporary. Yeah. yeah and it's, you know, and what was the other thought? That, um, oh yeah, something that helped me a lot to get over that, that when I did recognize and see that I went along with them, oops, I just see it, let it go, don't get mad at it. I used to try to suppress it and get mad when it came back. But when I let go of the struggle and stopped being mad at it, when I saw that I went along with it, it just loses its power. Yes. And come and read something for me. Um, we're running out of time. And believe me, there's so much more I can share with you guys on this. Did this help a little bit, Sonia? Yes. It did? Okay. I want to read. Eric, uh, see you dressed up today, folks. Normally you dress like white people. <laughs> <laughs> like a black person going to church that dressed up. Uh -huh. I want you to read Isaiah 55. We're going to start at verse, what is it, 6. Just read 6 through, I know, but I want to start here. 6 through 11. To the end of the paragraph? Yes. Okay. Seek out Yahweh while he is still to be found. Call to him while he is still near. Let the wicked abandon his way and the evil one his thoughts. Let him turn back to Yahweh who will take pity on him, to our God, for he is rich in forgiveness. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, and your ways are not my ways, declares Yahweh. For the heavens are as high above earth as my ways are above your ways, my thoughts above your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from the sky and do not return before having watered the earth, fertilizing it and making it germinate to provide seed for the sower and food to eat, 
So it is with the word that goes from my mouth. It will not return to me unfulfilled or before having carried out my good pleasure and having achieved what it was sent to do. And because we only have a little time, I just want you to realize this, that you have never had a godly thought. There's godly knowing revelations, but not godly thoughts. We're out of time. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.